I can honestly just say that liquor won. It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Gold with your host, Ken Ken. Woo! So Galdi, uh, it sounds like the pit bike of nations didn't go for or well for you. Uh, can you fill us in on what happened there? Well, Ken, I actually disagree. I think it went very well for me. <laughs> I just did not actually make it to the race portion of the pit bike of nations. Um, <laughs> well, for those that know, uh, in 2018, we, we, we led our country to a podium and, uh, I myself had high hopes coming in with new teammates, Ryan Lockhart and Quinn Amiot. And, um, I can honestly just say the liquor won on Friday. I got inebriated beyond inebriated and um, thought that it wasn't that bad until an unsuspecting American fan gave me a fireball. Um, Before it, after that, it was blackout. uh, Fireballing me don't ever mix well. And I was part of past enough where I did, (laughs) I drank it. And uh, after that, I don't remember too much for sure. And then, uh, the next day, I got it brought to my attention about all of that went on, and it looked like I had a hell of a good time. Um, <laughs> it's, I had a lot of laughs, a lot of people stoked on it, but unfortunately, when I crashed, I've done something to my shoulder. I don't know if I need to get it checked out. It's still pretty sore today, um, but um, yeah, when I went, I mean, I've been absolutely serious all summer and turned myself back into a high schooler there on the Friday, and it just got a little, little bit loose, and yeah. I honestly think maybe I shouldn't have rode. I actually told those guys I shouldn't have rode. <laughs> and, uh, well, not those guys, but Quinn and, and Bennett, because they were beside me on the start. But whatever, I went out and re- on my own liquor control board, but it was it, that was dumb to go ride. That was dumb. I was going slow anyway, but I think I got my, in that video, I think I got my shoelace stuck on the on the foot peg yeah. or something. Or my leg was off or something. But anyway, it was awesome to have that many people there watching, that many people cheer us on, all that kind of stuff. And um, for my side of things, the team did great. I'm bummed for Newf. The bike broke. or I'm pretty sure we would have been a fifth-place team. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, well, with my my thing, I would have been fifth, fourth or fifth in my moto. Newf was fifth all by himself when his yeah. fucking spark plug pops off. Lo and behold, like, how the how does how that a spark happen? plug cap? Yeah. Oh, like, boy. how does that – like, somebody fully grabbed it or touched it or fucked with it. But, I yeah. mean, that was four laps in. You, you want to know what pisses me off? I actually heard this yesterday because I had a lot of time on my hands flying home. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but actually you wouldn't have noticed this as much as I did, Galdi. But fucking Team USA, they like hung out at that tent. I'm not saying they sabotaged us because obviously we had nothing for, for them. I mean, Quinn, Quinn was, you know, obviously yeah. with yeah, Willie Browning. But, dude, they, they, they added fork oil. They like uh, fucking Dwayne Brown. BBR was car- like jetting the bike. Like they were like they. Everybody was serious this year, but they were next level serious, man. Like <laughs> yes, they fucking beat everybody, anyways. Yes, yeah, they they were beyond this year. I think the whole you know introduction of 
Australia and freaking um, who, who else was coming in that had a pre? Oh, uh, the, France. No, France. no, 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 no. Um, the Puerto Rico guys. Yeah. yeah no, they, but like, <clears throat> no, yeah. but names like everybody kind of knew and knew they were yeah, getting yeah, pit yeah. bikers and shit like that. Yeah. But uh, I agree. They, I do re- recall that part of things, and uh, it was definitely a little bit extra, extra serious for sure. But um, it was awesome. I mean, yeah, whatever. That yeah. that event, that whole thing. They've got to see it for the first time this year. I honestly, I think it was bigger this year. It was obviously a lot more contained and a lot more controlled. Um, but man, I mean, just th- that atmosphere, the fans, the yelling, like it, it's freaking amazing. Quinn is probably still at yeah. the track right now. He's probably still <laughs> at the track, signing autographs, drinking with fans. You know, like I, it I was, would argue, uh... <laughs> I, I would, I would argue that his his moto podium in MX two. Um, at Walton this year in the in the three moto yep. format, his yeah. podium. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not even joking. Like I know I'm where you're being, going with this. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. His podium in Moto One of Pit Bike and Nations was a bigger deal. Like he did it. Th- there was thirty thousand people down there. It looked um, amazing. Yeah, waving flags and cheering, and you know they brought him up on the podium, and like it was. Like he's never experienced anything like that. No, um, I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. Like, I was fucking nervous before the before the gate drop. Just the, that was very easy to tell. You couldn't hear the mo- <laughs> you couldn't even hear the motorcycle that you were riding. Right? Like, it yeah. was, was that loud? It was crazy. Like, Ken, it's it was insane. Like there was there was not if you if people were hung over and drunk on Sunday that missed the actual real race, mm-hmm. they were at the pit bike. Not yeah. one person on the property other than maybe the real team manager of Canada that, that apparently hated everything that was about pit bikes um, <laughs> missed it but other than that everybody like it was insane how big it was super fun I'm bummed that I was actually literally upset at myself that I didn't make it I, I'm just I don't even know how many times I've kicked people off pit bikes or anything <laughs> say you should be riding let's not do this this isn't going to go well yeah. And then I did it. I'm just like, ah, you fucking retard. My wife was so mad at me. She said, I came here to watch you race. Yeah. Your, ki- your kids are going to be disappointed. I'm like, holy shit, fuck off. But, like, <laughs> honestly, though, like, I mean, when er- everybody's been planning this trip for a while and, like, like you said, you know, you're, you're run off your feet all summer between ammo and your kids and your family and Triple Crown announcing and you just got too excited. Really, is all yes. it down to. It was just yes. an excitement level. You saw. Yeah, at least you had. At least you had the. I had a distraction. The, you had a distraction. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I, I didn't been, have one. As I would have been right there with you. I'm yeah. sure of it. I mean, I've done it before. Trust me. <laughs> yes. So, um, all good, but super fun, man. I mean, yeah. hopefully that. I, I was just listening to the pulp show there. I think you were on it last night for new. If I haven't got to that part, but um, the Rob Bidas does a great job with that whole yeah. thing, organizing and putting together, getting the bikes, yeah. the sponsors. It's awesome. Like that is one of the most fucking coolest things I've ever been a part of two yeah. times in a row. Like, it, it is amazing. It has got to be a part of donations for years to come. However, Canada gets there, doesn't get there or however they do. But it is a huge, enormous factor in how much fun that event really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you said Julian Bennett filled in for you? No, no, no. no. Um, uh, Caden Lee, Brett Lee's kid. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, he actually was a bit of a pit bike assassin. They had this pit bike thing going on there at Walton all year, and he okay. smoking this and that guy, this and that. He sucked, sucked, <laughs> sucked in that race. Fucking really? sucked. 
<laughs> I was bummed because we had other options, man. We yeah, had you other did. options. Yeah, well, I made the call earlier in the day, and of course, none of us can talk to each other because the phones don't work. Yeah. And he was there. I'm like, look, you know what? Stay sober, dude. I can barely move my arm. Just stay sober, and you can ride yeah. the same. Just go have fun, and this and that. And um, yeah, he sucked. Hmm. Brett was very happy though. That was his proudest father moment. So, yeah, he was, it was happy. Fine. Like, yeah. when my, I, I feel that we could have been, you know. Maybe even a little bit better if we had a filled in with Watling, or we could have filled in with uh, I don't suppose Brad McNabb had some fucking Manitoba kid there that I guess just absolutely rips on a pit bike. I have no idea who he was, but it would have been taking a flyer. So, yeah. but once my spark plug cap fell off, I basically that yeah. that wrecked the momentum. But we were fifth at best. Yep. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think right the France Pusipes and. And the English squad guys, those guys were yeah. legit. But whatever, fourth or fifth, we weren't hitting the – we likely weren't going to podium. But it doesn't matter. You guys did great. It was super fun. Entertainment. I have videos for my memory books for years. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we can carry on now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll hop into the main race here. So uh, Canada finished 15th. Uh, Dylan Wright, 31-10. T-Dags, 29-29. Uh, and Ryder McNabb, 30 DNS. Um, so we'll get into all those. Uh, so I guess good thing Dylan had that ride in the last moto because there wasn't much to, uh, to look at and be happy with besides that. Uh, I guess besides his qualifying race, which was really nice too. Um, Galdi, what, what can you say about Dylan's whole day, I guess? Well, I'll answer this as a, as a, as a guy right now, as a, as a fan, if, like I, I didn't get to go to the pits. I didn't go there much. I didn't get the pass and then I wanted, didn't want to bug or let he knew was up there. My actual old lady was up there cooking food, I guess too. And stuff. Yeah, but anyway, as a fan, extremely disappointed yeah. watching my, 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 every fucking start. Our guys were last. Actually, Dylan did get a good start in the first one until he got run over. And then he got the good start there. But like T-Dags and Ryder and their motors, they were like right back to the pack. Like they're just the, the – as soon as where I was standing, I was at the tabletop coming down into the sand rollers before LaRocco was leap all day. And you're just like I'm, – I'm videoing in. And for those that know me and listen and everything, I'm the, I'm the more passionate and excited about racing than the majority of people. I'm videoing and I'm just watching people go by and I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, okay – our days, our days screwed kind of thing. And then the first motor when Dylan was that far back, I'm like, wow, this is really going to be bad. But doing my job for the show here, I made some calls. I talked to the, some riders. The only ones I didn't get a hold of was Alex Parker, the gas gas guy. And that was my fault. I just got uh, behind with my kids this morning. And I, did, I, I messaged Dylan and he never got back to me. But I talked to Tanner, talked to Digger, obviously talked to Noof um, and stuff like that. It's, it sounds like it just was a whole bunch of little things that just didn't kind of work out. Like it isn't really like anyone to blame or like that. I mean, Noof can comment and I, I got some more information on the practice fiasco, but I, it just, things just didn't go right. They didn't get good starts. Uh, Ryder's bike had a malfunction. Uh, he, he seemed like he was just flat and not really the kid that we got to watch these last two years or even the last five years that he's been kind of putting himself on the map. Uh, Tyler, unfortunately, he came in hurt, and it didn't get any better. I talked to him. He said he, he got hit with, with by Van Horbeck, or they came together in practice, or the call for on Saturday. His hand blew up again, and it just it, – the cards just didn't seem to keep going that way. And, you know, I'm, I sit on a negative side of things. I'm not a fan of the way that the team gets built behind our CMA and all that stuff like that. 
but it just didn't seem like things were gelling from before the team even crossed the border. Um, it, it just seemed like it was it, things weren't going very well. But I know that everybody worked their ass off. Like no one, he didn't just fucking throw the towel in, you know. So uh, yeah, just it just didn't seem to go well. And I mean, uh, Dylan, I, I was listening to uh, I think it was the review pod. They're like, wow, Canada. If Dylan didn't get tenth, Canada would have been eighteenth. Well. If Dylan actually would have went probably 10-10 or 10-11, like he probably should have. Like Max Noggle got 11th in Moto number one, the first yeah. MX1, MX2. You take out that 31, we're 12th. Yeah. Right? So, it could yes, it could have gone either way. But um, the misfortune for Dylan is what really affected our team in either direction. And, um, you know, or we would have been 12th. Could we have been a little bit better than that? I don't know. Britain was 10th. They ran out of gas on the last lap. Tommy Stroll ran out of gas in both yep. lap, the last lap, and but he was so far enough ahead getting lapped that he still got scored like nineteenth and twentieth or something like that. So anyway, it just um, I knew definitely has a lot more intel on this because he was under the tent all weekend. But the fan side of me super bummed. But the more I dug into it, it just things just didn't really seem to work out. And like I said, I don't think Ryder really showed up. I think he was just overwhelmed and nervous. Um, Tyler was was hurt. We knew that going in, but as a racer, he's not going to be like, I'm out, and that's where a proper team manager or a proper leader would step in and be like, hey, dude, you're a fucking hero. We love you. Just take a step back. Let's talk to Tanner or Jess Pettis and get those guys on board right now three weeks ahead of time mm -hmm. and make this thing and give us our best shot. But a racer's a racer. If it was Dylan that got hurt at Walton, he wasn't going to pull out. You know what I mean? Like, so it is what it is, I guess, on that. We were maybe a little more negative beforehand, but um, just, yeah, a lot of things didn't seem to go the way. The practice fiasco is just, I don't know, that, that's ridiculous. I don't even know how that fucking happened, but um, I mean, I'll set it to Noof now. You got, Noof was under the truck for sure and, and probably has a lot more intel on how it went, but just the cards didn't seem to go uh, Team Canada's way. Yeah, well, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I just there, there's so much to talk about in the fact that it was just it, we were just fucked from the beginning it seemed like um, I mean Dylan's speed was great I mean he showed that you know he qualified ninth in his practice or in his qual like practice qualifier or whatever you call it but Ryder was Ryder was completely 100% flat um, he had nothing in him I'm not sure like well I am sure actually I'm very confident when I say this like when Ryder gets nervous or Ryder feels pressure Ryder gets quiet and he was shit in his pants and he won't he won't admit that he was shit in his pants but it's okay it's okay like but when he gets quiet like that I mean we ran into this <clears throat> excuse me, we ran into this kind of situation at Manitoba this year where he is racing his home pro and this, I mean, Manitoba compared to motocross and nations. I mean, that's a shitty comparison. <laughs> that's a shitty comparison, but it's, it's pressure. You know, he was in his home province. He had the red plate. He, you know, he, you know, battling for a championship and this and that. Um, and he got quiet. So the fact that, you know, he just, he didn't have any speed in him this weekend. Like literally, it was so frustrating to stand there and watch guys that I can't even pronounce their last names that yeah. were faster than him. And, and, you know, I had even said, you know, to dig and, and, you know, even Kevin Tyler, cause he was there um, and whatnot. I said, like, am I just putting these guys on too high of a pedestal, like in our country? Cause I watched them weekend and week out 
and you know obviously the depth's not there and you know we just think that you know we live inside our little bubble but you know I like to think that you know same as Galdi as a, as a fan I mean we have experience and we have racing you know knowledge that they just didn't execute I mean the one the one you know fist pump I'll give to Tyler he didn't quit right. um he didn't complain about his hand at all. And I asked him a bunch, like on Friday, you know, you good and this and that. And I mean, he was putting in the motos beforehand and he did have some unfortunate shit go down. A guy fell in front of him in the first corner of the qualifier on Saturday and he got piled up there. And then it happened again before Larocco's leap. Um, you know, and in his motos, he goes 29, 29, but, I don't know, maybe the best he was going to do is a 22-22. I, I don't know. Like, I just felt like his speed looked way off. I mean, Dylan lapped him in the last moto. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that didn't even come close to happening this year. Yeah, Dylan beat him by 30 seconds in some motos, but he also only beat him by 10 seconds in other motos, right? Yeah. So, um, to for him to get lapped, I mean, we were just kind of all dumbfounded, but Literally, you could tell he was barely able to hold on, but he didn't quit. And, I mean, his 29s helped. I mean, it wasn't our throwaway scores, that's for sure. Yep. Um, but, you know, with with the effort that everybody put in, you know, with with the Honda side of things, and, I mean, regardless, we, we made it there. They had a nice hotel to stay in. They had everything on that side of things was, was okay. Um, but, obviously, the logistics side of it was fairly easy. Everybody flew. Or sorry, everybody drove, and it was it, it is what it is. But they had their own bikes, and and you know to to fit the Cobbaquid guys in the program under GDR was very simple. Um, Alex and Jeff, I mean, there was only three of them, right? So it was Tyler, Alex, and Jeff. So it wasn't like a big fucking entourage of people that came in. Um, Alex was great to work with. He knows his stuff, even though he's pretty green into the sport. Um, the team worked well underneath there because most of the staff was GDR guys. And the frustrating part for me was at the end of the day, we were like, you know, we just went three years of success with Dylan winning championships and no bike failures and this and that. And it just seemed like the fucking wheels came off. I mean, if you had seen the fire drill we had after the first MX1, MX2 moto, it was unbelievable. Rider breaks a header pipe. Rider breaks a rear wheel. Uh, the clutches, the clutch perch is seized up. Like it just seemed like there was a black cloud uh, fall. Like we barely made it down there, and then of course the, something happens to the bike on the parade lap. Like it was just unbelievable. Um, you don't. I don't care who you are. I guess we didn't have spare bikes this weekend. Um, but was you're allowed to. You are. We didn't. Yes. Have spare, we didn't have spare bikes. I, you know, USA had spare bikes and France. Everybody did. Well, wow, the but big guys. The big guys. We pulled them like we were gonna swap a motor um, in between, but you got twenty five minutes. I, I yeah. don't care. I don't care who the mechanic was. There's no way with how muddy it was because you had to wash, so you couldn't change the motor without washing the bike. There's no way we were going to get the motor done. So um, we started the bike after we put the new header pipe on it. The bike seemed fine, but clearly, clearly it wasn't. So it it was disappointing, man, like I said. But everybody did 
you know, we rallied as a team like we always do when we have fire drills and stuff. But, uh, you know, there wasn't one person that was super stoked underneath the tent. I mean, Dylan was – even after Dylan's, uh, you know, 10th in that last moto with a good start, he's even better than that, but he could literally – barely get on the bike for the second for his last moto there like he was hurt and that was a bad crash he's lucky he was okay. able to walk away from that one i yeah. i can honestly admit now i think you told me that or but the thing i can honestly admit i uh i'm a fanboy of the sport i'm now uh, dylan may have just because of this year and last year i think he surpassed my jsr as being my hero canadian like he's fucking unbelievable to yeah. get on the bike and ride like he is the truest form of athlete that I think I have ever seen in this country. And I think I can honestly say that. And people, I got data to prove it. It's not just me fanboying or anything. And I, it's unfucking believable how tough that kid is. There's no uh, quit. Zero quit. Uh, I, it, however many years he keeps riding in this country, <laughs> everybody else is fucked. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't think they got a chance unless he literally folds his body in half. Like his, his heart and determination like just put a put his face on Rocky in Rocky Four, yeah. like it's he's fucking unbelievable. And what I saw again, like I, it bring it could bring an, a tear to my eye watching him represent what he does in our country after the crash. And I just love it, man. I fucking love the kid. I well, love that heart, and it's amazing. Like normally we have that kind of passion for a hockey player. Like he is he is our nation's hockey player. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with how <clears throat> with how far he was down after getting up and then his start button was stuck so the bike wouldn't go and like he told me he's like man like i was hurting and it was everything in my power i'm out there riding around by myself for like four he he didn't yeah. even catch one person for like four laps and oh really you know really? yeah he, it, like it was everything in my power to not pull off like i didn't it was it was useless at that point um but then again, he wasn't throwaway score, so good thing he kept going. Yeah, good thing right. he kept going in hindsight, right? No, no, no. He was that was a throwaway. No, nope. right? that was no, the one counted. Yeah. No, the DM. Oh DNF. yeah, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. DNF was a yeah. throwaway. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Nuke. Someone on Twitter uh, brought up about getting fundraising and stuff going, trying to get everything going a little earlier, and you kind of alluded that there's some background to that. Uh, is there anything you have to say about that? Well, I don't know any background on the fundraising thing. I was, <clears throat> I was more saying on the side of um, what happened in what happened in practice, the pra okay. the practice debacle, which obviously didn't help anything. Um, but I want Galdi to say your side of what you dug into this morning, and then I'll I'll go on to what we knew. The, the issue, there's an issue at these races, um, and it's it's something that like they run things a lot different than what we are used to doing. But to say that it's not like every other country runs into the same thing, but golly, what, what do you know about the practice thing? Well, um, the, the, from everybody that I got to talk to is that team manager, Carl Bastido had a piece of paper that said Canada was 16th after, after qualifying. But unfortunately that was where they were sitting after qualifier one and qualifier two. This piece of paper did not have qualifier three on it, which one team ended up getting a better score, which put them to 16th and moved Canada to 17th. And how the practice thing works is that I believe the uneven numbers go in practice one and the even numbers go in practice two. 
So 17th would have been them in practice one. So they, well, this, it got missed. They got the misinformation. He didn't grab the right information. Something happened there and they missed their fucking practice. Our yeah. fucking team missed the fucking practice in the morning. So, it, and the, the even worst part about this is that the fact that the B group goes out first. So they have another 15 minutes to make sure the information is correct in the morning. I heard also that it was a text message coming in the morning, not someone on the fucking property saying, I said, now I'm, now I'm fucking fired up and getting myself in trouble again. For fuck's sakes. Like there's no goddamn way that that should fucking happen at that race, man. The information is available. They got a media tent there. It, it is paperwork up the fucking wazoo at the MXGP. I only went the one year, man. It is the most organized system yeah. I have ever witnessed in racing. Okay, and Courtney did the same thing, and this isn't me tooting those horns again, but that information needs to be got. And unfortunately, somebody let us down under the tent, and of course we can point the fingers, but the person that brought the paper, Team Carl, he fucked up. He fucked up. And apparently, he actually admitted it under the tent, which I think is actually pretty cool. Um, he said under the tent, I fucked up, guys. Let's put it behind us. But I'm sure that right there kind of set the tone once again yeah. of just like, fuck me, guys. Like, come on. Like, you know, and... I'm sure Newf probably had some uplifting speeches and digs and people trying to, you know, raise the bar again. But that just sets the tone. Like if you you come there in the morning and you have this ritual of a racer, which every one of us has, every one of us, even when me in the 40 class or Newf in the 30, we have a ritual of like what we do that we've done since we were little kids. And when something falters it, it fucking sets the tone because we are sensitive little flowers. No matter how tough Dylan and Ryder and these guys are, that little mistake definitely helped set a tone that was not a good vibe underneath the tent. Yeah, well, so how I understood it, and, like, honestly, like, it was being part of the whole situation was a little, you know, there was myself there, there was Derek Schuster, there was Colton, right? So those are our main guys um, that we work week in and week out. But obviously, you know, Carl was the team team manager so everybody's role kind of changed a little bit as far as things go so on Sunday morning when we got up there we met as a team at 7 seven thirty. plenty of time so the, it's a bit of a weird schedule like it's it's there's a lot of hurry up and wait um for this stuff and when we we had the schedule um there's the the B the B final group and then you know obviously the two other um practice groups and you are right. We all knew that it was uh, odd numbers go first and even numbers go second. So Carl left the tent at, let's say, about eight, quarter after eight, um, because we were like, hey, Carl, let's confirm or whatever what group we're in. So Carl left. I don't know where he went. I have no idea. But I do know he also had to go because when you do ride for motor across the nation's team they only give you a wristband that is good for friday and saturday if you make the a final they cut that wristband off and you yeah. make the new wristband for sunday so carl left carl came back 20 minutes later he had a sheet of paper in his hand and he also had 10 wristbands for sunday so according to what i knew and like i said i was very frustrated at the time when this all happened at the end 
and as well as everybody else. I mean, I saw the sheet. I didn't look at the, I didn't personally look at the time of printing. I didn't look at, you know, I didn't look into it any further than need it be, but it had us on, you know, being in the second group. So anyways, regardless, of course, we know now that that information was wrong. Um, I guess we all should have known that that was wrong um, because we all thought that um, we got 16th. Like when I left the tent on Saturday Saturday night, we all thought we got 16th, but that changed because Tyler got disqualified and us in Finland tied on points, which the disqualification of Tyler failing sound after the moto that gave us the worst score. So that bumped us to 17th, right? So anyways, when we went down to the practice and they're like, no, no, you guys were in the first one. You can't go. Carl came down there. We had the sheet and there was a lot of like, even the FIM guys were like, uh, oh, yeah. Like it wasn't as cut and dry as you may think it was. And basically how it ended in a sense was like, Hey guys, Sorry, um, the rules are the rules. I'm not sure why you got this sheet, how you got this sheet, blah, blah, blah. But the rules are the rules. You can't practice. So that's how it went down from my side. And then me and Colton walked back to the truck and said, let's, okay. Like everybody was kind of up in arms and there was some fucking, you know, yelling going back and forth and, and people were upset. It was like, okay, well, we got fucked. Let's move on. Um, let's try to be positive here. The track was extremely muddy, but regardless, I, I do agree with Golly. Everybody wanted to ride in a sense, but uh, yeah, it was just a really shitty deal and it shouldn't have happened. And you can point the finger in many different areas. Um, I'm still thinking like, how did it happen? Blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't happen anywhere else. I feel, but it did. And it was shitty. Um, so, I guess maybe Galdi, for people who who don't know, why is the CMA in charge of motocross nations? I know they're the FIM affiliate, um, but why is it this Carl Bastido guy? Why can't we get somebody else in there? He's just he's kind of grandfathered in, or how does that work? Uh, well, basically, to, to make it as short as simple, I, I think the major <clears throat> the majority of people would know now after I did in fourteen and then got let go or fired or whatever. I'm not going to get fired from a volunteer position, but yeah, <laughs> um, because I just, I, I basically shared in that year how difficult Marilyn Bastido was uh, to yeah. deal with at the CMA. Like she almost in that time, a week before we were supposed to go, she wanted to cancel us going because Colton didn't have a fucking piece of paper sent to them for his, his CMA license. So literally a, a week before we were going, we weren't going over $34. Like that's what it was. She wanted her thirty-four bucks. So anyway, I that year it is. I was super um, uh, vo vocal, like I always am. I, I don't know, whatever. Maybe, sometimes you need to shut your mouth, but I am who I am, and I am where I am because of my honesty yeah. and my speaking. And they they were difficult to deal with. The reason why they are our national sanctioned body, as far as Canadian motor goes, is this because of the sport being where it's been for. 70, whoa, that was loud. 70 plus years. Um, they were our first group in Canada that fell with the FIM. The FIM, they, you know, it was almost like a political tree. Hey, we're starting up this political 
system. Hey, do you guys want to be a part of it? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. We're CMA and we like dirt bikes. Let's do it. And literally since then, there has been no way for anybody to get in. So if there's like a world court that represents us, CMA is the one that represents us. Even though they don't race motocross, they don't have a series, they don't do anything basically in our country anymore for any of the sports other than they have like a uh, a license where you can go to like a school to get your license to learn how to ride a motorcycle. Like it's it's really, really gone away. They used to be iconic and did amazing things. When Mark Stollerbrass made his change back in 1992 – and that was basically to just start its own Canadian series. The CMA was, a, they were against each other. And the reason was, is because back then, Maryland was screwing the racers, the families, taking more money than they were supposed to, a whole bunch of, of negative stuff going on. So then when Stollerbrass started up, for years, they started, they, they were trying to get the affiliation. They didn't do it. The FIM were like, you know, super low on the totem pole as far as them caring about, you know, well, yeah. we should try to fix this in Canada. Look at this group. Oh, it was the CMRC, and then it was the MRC. And then we have this other group of, of people that are the MCC, and then there's the MMIC that kind of help oversee, like, road signs and taxes and and trail systems and, and all this stuff. And then they're, they're another group of sort of older people, but none of them, none of them really have a link to the sport. Justin Thompson is actually our representative on this this board and the industry and it's funded by the industry the 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 corporations the motorcycle club, motorcycle groups yamaha suzuki yada yada okay they have tried to go to the fim and petition and try to get away from the cma it just it's just it hasn't happened yeah uh courtney courtney had meetings with the higher ups to say look guys like look at the money like the cma has never done anything over and above to help funding or help make things easier or anything like that right mm -hmm. so now we're back to where it was where Maryland and Courtney had a falling out similar to how I had it because the CMA wanted more money. That is basically what it counted. They wanted more money out of this and wanted more recognition, even though they were not doing the job. It'd be like me saying this weekend, I want everybody to say that Ryan Gall fucking ran Team Canada and I never even went to the fucking pit. Like it, it, it's it literally, it doesn't make any sense. All we need to do is buy a license for them. The team should be represented by people within our industry that are a part of our industry that talk yeah. to the riders that represent properly the riders that all that kind of stuff and unfortunately now the new president whose name her name is holly i've never met her um they don't know anything or don't really seem to care so carl had been the guy before and they're like yeah here just go ahead and do it and then he's our liaison he is our our leader if you will um and it just comes down to a you know a a lack of information globally and yeah people can say it's you know we're jealous or we're hatred or this and that and but it, it comes across easy you know when the job doesn't get done properly yeah um it, it's a, it sucks to say i've said it a gazillion times but uh unfortunately right now the cma is not doing a good job representing our country as a whole whether it be street bike or whatever it is and this is the these are the ones that help us get into these events now that that part is easy that part is easy, but the fact that, yes, we have a GoFundMe the week before, yeah. um, no fundraising, but literally no knowledge of the team, really, no communication. Like, it's it's just not right. If the proper people were doing it, yeah, I would love to do it, and I know I'd do a good job. Courtney would love to I fucking, Noof would love to do it and do a good job yeah. because we are within the circle on the modern day. 
We're not fucking stuck in the 50s and the 60s. Oh, shit, things have changed. You need an Instagram account. You need to promote the team. We need to sell tickets. How many people, you have probably saw pictures of us, Ken, those sweaters that we got made. Yep. People were asking us, hey, can we buy those? Can we buy those to support the team? Melody from, yep. uh, from Walton, Melody from Walton just made them up for, our, for the people that were kind of doing it for fun. Like just the littlest things like that to make sure that we're on it. If, if it made sense, ammo, I've got 1150 members. Why wouldn't I take a dollar, $5 out of my membership, donate it to the team. Yep. Just to, like the little thing that future West would do that. Like these little tiny things, if we could all get along, but nobody at CMA gives a fuck about the sport. And that's why we're at in that instance. It doesn't matter when we get on the property that did not affect the way the races rode or the bikes broke or any of that kind of stuff, but the entire lead-in and and build-up of it all is affected by that, and it just sets the tone around the country. I mean, you can even go like, I mean, if, if this is happening on many teams that are participating, I mean, look at the ridicule, like the shit that Roger Acosta has been getting over the last few years, and I mean, I know this is a little bit different, but you know, he's been pretty outdated. He's running the team. Um, like it was ran back in the, the late 90s, early 90s, early 2000s. And then all of a sudden, you know, with Team USA this year, they get Paul Parabinos, which is a guy that's very, and not saying that Roger's not connected within the industry, but came up with new ways to unite the country, to bring everybody together, to make the hype, to build it. And I mean, if you saw the way that, you know, obviously Team USA won, and it's a much bigger program and everything like that, but you need to start thinking outside the box and, and those are things like, you know, yeah, the GoFundMe thing was, you know, we all could agree that it was weird and it's seemed even more weird that it was a week before the race. But like, you know, when, when you you did it, Galdi and Courtney did it and this and that, I mean, it was months and months of, of buildup to be able to make it happen. Right. So I talked to, I talked to, uh, again, a couple guys on the tent, Diggs, and he shared about um, Alex. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to Alex, so I can't confirm it, but they are both personally GDR or Cobacud, whatever you want to call it, are going to be out anywhere from ten to $15,000 of their yeah, own that's... money. That is not the way this is supposed to be. No. Okay, and that is why, like Newt just said about Paul Parabinos, like the riders in the past for America, they would pay their flights and all this kind of stuff. Now, I don't think American funding probably paid for Justin Cooper's private jet that no. I would see in his post on, but that's different. That's a whole different thing. But this is a this is a, a united effort where our country should join into it, and it is our only thing within mm-hmm. our world. How many people raise money or spend money or do anything for fundraising for Team Canada hockey or the Olympics or whatever it is? In the year I did it, I raised just over sixty grand. Courtney, the exact same numbers. This GoFundMe had like three thousand dollars in it, man. Like, like, and now Diggs and Alex and, and probably Dylan and Ryder and Brad McNabb and Noof, I don't know if you had to shell out any money or something, but I'm just saying, like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. As a team, you show up, it's looked after, you vibe as a team, and you fucking present as a team, and you hopefully get the results as a team at this event. And it's just never that way under the, the light and under the guidance that it's at in the moment and it, and it just sucks to keep talking about it. it it's infuriating because I, you just know we've seen it done better before and it can be done again it doesn't gotta be me it doesn't gotta be Courtney but there are better people that can make it better and give our country 
I don't. It's just again, it's all on the riders once they hit the track. But we can have a much better look and a much better success going into the event, giving the right. Maybe Ryder McNabb wouldn't have been so fucking nervous if he actually knew what it was all about. Like, you know, the manager doing interviews and calling him up and saying, hey, man, watch this race. Like, when I did it, I sent the fucking Kagan's track to the boys. Let's watch this. Hey, we'll watch it together. Send me some notes. What do you think? What about time? Like, I was, like, you're constantly communicating to keep the hype up. Yeah. And I, Again, maybe I'm talking shit. And, and there'll be haters, or not haters, there'll be, like, ten fucking people that'll be like, ah, you fucking, you're just jealous, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, man. I, those people can fuck right off on it. I don't care. I... I've seen it done right, and again, that, that's they're not to blame for the rider fault. But Paul Parabinos, like Noof just said, did exactly what our team had done four years previous to these bunch or these few, and before that, and it was amazing. And our team was behind it at United, and now we're lost again. Well, uh, I guess we could probably just move on from Team Canada and get into uh, just some general talk about the race. We're all fans, and uh, as far as that goes, it was it was a fun race to watch, although. Yeah, yeah. Kind of boring at sometimes, but so I guess the main thing is Team USA obviously came away with the win. Um, the way I look at it, it was it was a dominant performance, but it wasn't your typical dominant performance. Like there was nothing flashy there, but they were always just right where they needed to be, and it was never like that. It was uh, in question that they were going to come away with this thing. Uh, Galdi, what did you think of uh, Team USA? Well, I mean. Um... Going in, it was pretty hard to argue against them. They had three super strong riders. Even anybody that might have doubted Cooper, he's still freaking amazing. Um, and then after day one, actually, the tone for U.S. was set even better after Eli Holshaw. Actually, he didn't quite Holshaw, but he was in the lead within a couple turns later. And you're just like, wow, there's no – when he's that way and there's no fucking around, even though Geertz was right on him the whole moto, um, you could kind of feel the vibe. It was going to happen. And then two o'clock in the morning, it is just teeming down at the track. And I'm like, oh, this could change some things. You know, it really opens the doors for other riders. But it seemed like every other team had a falter and the U.S. didn't this time compared to, say, an 18 where the U.S. just couldn't seem to put anything together. And, um, I mean, I mean, I'm sitting there with my wife. We're watching the very first race. Uh, we're Tomac. Like, we're cheering him on. Like, I'm cheering Tomac on because it's just – you're in such a cool vibe and where you are and <coughs> excuse me. And like, you're just, you get brought right into the strength of the nation mm-hmm. of it. And I'm, I'm right under the big ass American flag. And it was, it was awesome to see them win it on home. soil. I've been to, I've been to a few now and uh, they've lost every time I've gone. And, and uh, it was cool to see, man, I, as an American, if I was an American, I'd be pretty goddamn proud. And, and um, I remember years ago when I used to do a arena cross announcing, and uh, within these little small town community races and the anthem would come on. It's just a different vibe with them, man. They are so patriotic and so driven for the guy. And uh, it's really neat to be a part of. And my safety guy that at AMO came with us, Ezra Ezra, uh, Lee, uh, we're calling him Oompa Loompa all the weekend because he's just a little tiny short guy. It was pretty fun. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I, I've just I've never seen anything like this, man. This is this is unbelievable. It was just this is the craziest thing. That just it, it just the vibe that you could see some, from someone brand new on it. It just it just even lifts the spirits more. It was the whole atmosphere and the it's just like you know it's funny leaving Sunday. I'm like I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. I'm tired. I'm hungover. And it's raining and wet. And then now I am right now. I'm like 
fuck, I can't. I fuck. I wonder if I can go to France. Oh, fuck. Okay, where would I stay in France? Like, it just—it's just an event that is beyond something that you can talk about, compare about. It's—it's truly—it's truly, it's truly uh, amazing to be a part of and watch. Noof, what do you think? Yeah, I know. I agree. Like, um, I would. I mean, it is the biggest race in the world as far as like you listen to Eli and these guys talk. Um, I mean, it was even unbelievable for them. Like it, the vibe of everything, I mean, Saturday, even more so because the weather was just absolutely fucking perfect. Yeah, it was. The USA yeah. was riding good and, and, you know, the stars were aligning and I think everybody was, you know, even whether it didn't matter what country you're, you were from. I mean, I'm sure some of the ones that were competitive, obviously with the U S weren't hoping this, but we all wanted to see, and I can't remember the year. Remember when Galdi went RV and, and Dungey crossed the line? Yeah, Moto, 2011 RNA France, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to happen that way because obviously these other countries have stepped it up and, and you know, the, the level of riding is just so much higher than it used to be throughout the whole, throughout the whole thing. But, you know, on Sunday morning, when that rain started coming down around midnight, like – People were quiet and going yeah. like, and I even had the vibe like, "Fuck, man, are we going to see a repeat in that, uh, 18 when you know Team USA struggled and and blah 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 blah?" And you know, it took a while for the day to get going. Now that might have been because of the 70,000 people there, 69,000 had extreme hangovers and were trying to get <laughs> back to the level of, uh, of where they were the day before. But man, let me tell you, like I was standing out right in between Loraco's Leap and the Sand Rollers on the track all day, and the the yelling and the when oh, it was just it would give you goosebumps, man. Like when they played that national anthem to get the things rolling, like yep. it was it was an experience that people should people should and even looking out into the crowd, like you know, there's American flags, there's Italian flags, there's Canada flags, like you can just. You just don't get that at any other race in the world. Like, you know, obviously U.S. nationals are, you know, it, there's a lot of hype around them and this and that. But it, you know, I've been to lots of U.S. nationals and, and man, that just was, that was just next level. And, and USA got it done. And I mean, honestly, like Tomac rode well, uh, Sexton rode well, but the fucking hero was Justin Cooper with the, yeah, uh, the, the, with his moto, like muddy, deep, um, Heart, you know, obviously a disadvantage on the on the 250, but him catching that lead group in the in the second moto, um, and and getting a fourth. I mean, that was a clutch moto for them. Um, that wasn't the throwaway, right? Or that well, that that was well, not that moto, but his other one was the throwaway. Obviously, in the first one with the ninth or whatever he got, but yeah, Team USA got it done, and and holy fuck, it looked like they partied eh, all the Oh man, <laughs> wow, wow. I got a video sent to me from uh, a guy showing of a full-blown trailer on fire in the middle of the fucking pit. <laughs> I can't remember who said it. I saw shitters on fire. Like, that side of it now we could get into, like, the, the super funny things and scene and stuff like that. It was – you just – again, obviously, sometimes it goes maybe too far or this and that, obviously. But there's remember the video of the guy getting hit with a beer and falling off the fucking U-Haul. Yeah. And then and the U-Haul shaking again so hard, another guy falls off the U-Haul. Yeah. Like it was, it was unreal. But the best thing of the entire weekend, and Newf wouldn't have been able to see this because he was up with the team. So before the final moto, well, Newf would have seen the sign all weekend, I'm sure, because he was at the wash bay. 
So every team gets their wash bay and they got their sign and it says MX of Nations on it with the logo and everything. <laughs> Super cool little piece of mem memorabilia. Well, before the last photo, my head referee at Ammo, we're all pitted. Tim Lee, he's like, I got to get that sign, man. That that sign. I'm like, just be careful, man. Don't steal it. Don't get in trouble. Security's all over people and stuff like that. I go, I go, let a couple laps go in. People be watching the moto and then they won't even notice. Well, the hot lap is going on. We're standing there. And next thing you fucking see is Tim Lee with his hockey stick and Canadian flag, waving it, getting shuttled, not walking, getting shuttled down the hill from the golf cart guys. They were taking people in and up to the pits with the sign. <laughs> we're, we're over by LaRocco's lead, like kind of down in the corner where the, the tabletop before the rollers. And we're like, all of us are like, look, there's Tim. Holy shit, there he is. He's waving the flag and he's got the sign and, and then, like, 10 minutes later, he rolls up into our area where we're watching. Just like, did you see me? We're like, fuck me. He was just <laughs> just pumped, just absolutely pumped on on all that. So that was uh, – I mean, those kind of moments that that got videoed, even though there wasn't much to share, you couldn't tweet or text or really anything. The service is brutal there. But um, just all that kind of stuff. Larry and Tyser came. He was super fun. Um, he had to teach – Who's that guy that came with Boston? They were from WP. Yeah. Worldwide. He had Larry and Tyser taught this guy how to shotgun a beer. And then he almost threw up in our pits. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, it was just all that, that stuff. But yeah, that the party was insane. The garbage pile going into the tunnel. Like it, <laughs> it, it was like, it looked like the city of Toronto just fucking left everything there. So it was unbelievable. Um, like all that. I can't even imagine how much garbage had to be picked up and, and so that, but that's what it is. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a pure cele celebration of the sport and the Americans know how to celebrate. I think European ones are a little bit bigger and crazier that way, but it was, fuck, it was a great, great to be a part of it. And I just keep looking at phones and keep getting videos sent of things. And I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. Oh my God, look at that. And, right. Yeah, like even the one I just saw this morning, I think it was on Jocelyn Fasciotti's Instagram, showing little Keegan cheering for Dylan in the last moto as they came around and as he came around in like ninth or seventh or whatever it was. Like just just that stuff. Like you're, there's mm -hmm. that and then there's the part. Ah, it's just God, the vibe is so I wanna fucking go back now. And I fucking was so goddamn drunk I missed the enforced <laughs> moments from part. I wanna go back. You know? <laughs> uh so the other standout ride was uh Jet Lawrence. That was pretty impressive. So uh, Mathis and Daniel Blair always talk about whether or not Jet is quote-unquote generational. Yeah. usually just devolves into a conversation about what the term generational means. But um, I guess for the sake of this conversation, is is Jet somebody that we're going to talk about the same way we talk about guys like Reed and Dungey and I guess Stu? I mean, Stu's on a, on a different level and Ricky. But um, as far as generational, uh, Noof, do you think Jet Lawrence is generational? Well, what I do know is that he fucking rode unbelievable, that's for sure. Like, he, yeah. like you know, we all kind of were wondering, what's he going to do on the 450? And, dude, he was pretty mellow on Saturday in, in the qualifier. Like, he kind of showed some speed, and, you know, it was like, eh, yeah, he's going to be good, but whatever. But, man, when I literally – you could almost see it in him that he was just like – getting the feel of it, hasn't raced a 450 ever in his life, especially on a world stage like that. Yeah. Got more comfortable, and then literally Sunday in that first moto, like, he fucking dropped those guys. Like, I couldn't believe it. I actually lost track of him out there because he pulled such a gap on on, uh, on those guys um, in that moto, in that first moto for him. Like, he, 
he has so much talent when it comes like and it doesn't even really look like he's pushing that hard right and that is what's what's crazy you know when guys jump up to the to the 450 you know sometimes they override it and you know it throws him to the ground and stuff but man like the talent that he has you know and i with him being still so freaking young that you know there's a lot so much more in there like these, if that was any indication of 450 U.S. motocross next year, like those guys are in big trouble. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree. Like he was, that was awesome. And yeah, I, as far as this word generational and changing the sport, um, I mean, it's it'll be pretty hard to do the things that Ricky Carmichael or or James Stewart did. Um, but being a foreigner, I definitely think that he could be the best foreign racer that the uh, America, the Supercross outdoor series has ever seen. I think he could definitely change the ties in that. Cause I mean, you know, Reed all and then maybe all the way back to JSR, right. Or not JSR, sorry. Um, uh, uh, Jean-Michel Bale. Yeah. Um, uh, JSR. <laughs> sorry. He's still amazing. <laughs> JSR is still amazing. Too, awesome, but, but... Um, but I mean, I think that that's what you're going to see. I think that he'll, he will change the, the, the look on the way that a foreigner comes again. Cause it's been a while since there has been, that foreign name that's kind of changed, you know, Muskins in there and stuff like that. But there's never been one like like this kid right here. And I think that's yeah. what the maybe the generational change is going to be. And then what I think that will do will open up doors of kids now, even though he's still so young, like kids two or three years younger than him, or ones that are in like maybe that EMX 250s or on 85. Like you're going to see in the next 10 years because of what things Jed is doing or and the path that he's following of more Europeans, Aussies, New Zealanders coming around. And I think if we're still around and do the sport and love it, I, I think the name, the, the depth of names are going to be even deeper and they're going to be a lot more foreign kids. Okay. Goldie, I guess one other guy that kind of stuck out was, uh, Yago Geertz. He had one really good moto. Um, he had a really good year and it kind of carried through into, uh, the nations here, didn't it? Yeah. I, I, I was really impressed with him, obviously the qualifier and then the first moto, um, but it was cool to see too, because a lot of times as a racer, I, I myself have never been in this position where you're, uh, you know, in a chance to win a title fight on the biggest stage in the world, and you basically lose it in the last moto. Um, it's almost like he was able to erase that because he showed up for his team Belgium uh, with Liam Everts and, and Van Horbeck, and uh, man, he was he was legit. And I think he would have been probably top five in that last moto had had he not fell in turn one. Yeah. But uh, he was impressive, and to see the future of that, like I'm, I'm a GP fan. I watched them all, um, and I was, <laughs> I was a fan of his all, all year long. And uh, yeah, he was, man, that first the the, the qualifier and the uh, the first moto, uh, Geertz was Geertz was good. Geertz was really really good. I was impressed watching him. Uh, Noof, I guess we'll just give you the last word on on the weekend here. Is there anything else that stuck out to you uh, about the weekend? Riders, something that happened in the pits, just anything from the weekend that we can wrap up the MXDN talk with? How about yeah, that I steak? Know. How about that steak? Yeah, all these took a good steak. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, man, it was a blast, and, and you know, it, you know, I've been to some other motocross nations. I went to to Bud's Creek back in in two thousand seven. Went to England in uh, in seventeen. Um, man, it's it, it's just it's just a fun race to go to. Obviously, you know, with it being late in the year, you never know what you're going to get for weather. But you know, just the whole thing. And, and one thing that stuck out st- stood out to me was that you know, like I said, I went in 07, went in seventeen. 
you know, you see these other countries, you know, the Morocco's, the Ecuador, um, Estonia, Iceland, Iceland, like all these countries, like, man, the amount of money it costs for these guys to come here and the effort and stuff. But my point of the whole conversation is, is that, yeah, Team Morocco, yeah, you're not on that level, but it's better than it used to be. The whole sport has changed. Like, there used to be guys, I remember going and watching an 07 at Butts Creek, and there was guys that literally it looked like they bought the bike on the way to the track and had never ridden a motorcycle before. But the whole, everybody, like, going from even the Euros, like, you know, the, the, the Belgians and everything has stepped up. Everybody's scrubbing now. Everybody you know, in the, in the league group jumping Morocco's leap, you know, it, the, the whole level of everything has gone up. And I mean, even at that event, you know, we stood there and watched and we're in awe with Jet Lawrence and Tomac and Gertz and, and, you know, Van Horbeek and the, the list goes on and on. But like, we were still missing Tim Geyser. We were still missing, um, you know, Robin Febra and, and we were still yeah. missing and hurlings, right? Like, it's just crazy. You know, like I said, we can go back and compare this to Team Canada. We watch our guys on our tracks, and you go, how the fuck can you possibly ride this motorcycle any faster? Yep. And you go to an event like that, and you're just, like, mind-blown. Like, I haven't seen Dylan get passed by anybody in, like, three years. <laughs> yeah. That's true, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he got passed. And another really cool moment, um, and golly, I don't know if you listened to Steve's um, – um, interviews after the race that he does dylan wright was the last rider that antonio Cairoli will ever pass because he's done after this so oh, wow. uh Cairoli was was the last, that was his last guy on the list to pass so that's kind of a cool thing and, and antonio talked about it because obviously steve brought it up because he's canadian um but dylan wright was the last one on Cairoli's list passed him for ninth and that uh in that qualifier so that was kind of cool kind of that's cool cool. little moment that is neat. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep, yeah. Cool. Okay. So I guess we can talk about uh, what's coming up next weekend. So there's a arena cross, Canadian arena cross in Sarnia. So Galdi, what's the word on that? Is there going to be a ton of riders and ton of fans and all that good stuff? I sorry. I just clicked on YouTube. The first thing that pops up: Team Team Green Bitten Red Bud Day Three, and it's a picture of Villapoto and Larry and Tyson on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um yeah so we're in sarnia this weekend friday saturday night um i think we go live at seven o'clock on the ride tv app um as far as riders i think you're probably gonna see what we saw at um um go for dunes minus no actually no gibbs is riding who's the other one that got hurt tommy delaire got hurt pretty decently i don't know if he'll be in but that yeah i don't believe there's anybody new but there is one good thing cool thing um, you are, our um, border status is done as of Thursday, I think. October 1st, Saturday. Oh, it's actually, oh, sorry, my bad. It's a, I thought it was the, I thought it was the 30th. I thought it was the, the, uh, the Friday, sorry. So, okay, maybe that won't change anything. Although they were pretty loose this weekend. Um, <clears throat> not that everybody in my truck didn't have the proper credentials and stuff like that, but yeah, I, I don't see it being a huge turnout. Um, I do feel like there's some payback passes going to be happening this weekend between <laughs> Quinn Amiot and Weston Rosina, yeah. as well as Tyler Gibbs and Cole Thompson. Um, I wonder once I get there this weekend if I'm going to get mine. 
Um, I don't know about if I be, but I'm, I'm waiting to get mine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. I, I, I haven't gotten mine yet. If I come into the weekend, maybe it's maybe it's Friday, maybe it's Saturday. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this a venue. This venue, no matter where you sit on, you know how you look at the Nationals and the Triple Crown and MRC or whatever it is. This venue, for every time they've been there, and if you raced it, yeah, um, it's packed like the fucking town of Sarnia. Like, it, yeah, it's their hometown, right? It so. buys into it, yeah. Um, so, but no, just the fact that all the fans actually come to it too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just, yeah. um, you know, just not just because they know the Thompson thing. They, it's uh, the the whole town really buys into. I think it's because of the venue, which is the Sarnia Sting team. So they they use their media base and help push the event itself. So. Um, mm -hmm. It's to be good on that point. I, I'm pretty sure I'm actually not even going to the event. Me and Brett Lee are going to call the action from the office. Um, and then Kyle Thompson will be at the event calling, or like doing the podium interviews or pit view, pit views and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So, but I mean, I'm down. Go watch some more races. Go talk about some more Canadians and hopefully we get a good show. It'll be tight. So there won't be much room. There should be a lot of bar banging and some sort of aggression and dramatic. Yeah, hopefully the dirt's good because that was an issue last time. It was a little bit soft. But then now I also was uh, shared some info this weekend that uh, this will be Cole's last one, Cole Thompson. He won't be going to Calgary because he got an Australian Supercross deal. Oh, cool. Oh, look at that. Very cool. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I think he'll fit into that series uh, pretty well down there i think that's right up his alley obviously he doesn't really love to ride outdoors anymore and he's there's no question uh that he's extremely good and talented on those tighter tracks i mean obviously the australian ones are more supercross based which he's good at that too so uh good opportunity from him so i'm i guess i don't have confirmation that he won't be in calgary but i would assume um that he's gonna have to head to australia pretty quick because i believe so that is the, the second round of the WSX is the is a round of that? Or, oh, actually, no, wait. I heard it. Wait. The Friday night at that venue where the WSX is, is a round of the Australian one, and then the WSX is Saturday, right. I think. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's the first weekend that is supposed to kick off, which I think is the Calgary weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I, good for him. Good yeah. For, that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be good. cool. Hopefully, we can watch it somehow, I guess, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. Okay. Uh, is there anything at all that you, either one of you guys wants to talk about before we uh, sign off here? Uh, I will say one thing quick. I'm very proud of my friend Ryan Lockhart and how he rode a pit bike this weekend. I did not think <laughs> he good. would be even close to this and his practice, well, from what I remember, and his uh, ability. Other, If the bike didn't break, you were fifth all day long, and that that's – I mean, I got fourth when I did it in my moto, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> But uh, you know, it was awesome. If you didn't, you didn't uh, let me down one bit on the pit bike. Well, I appreciate it. You did a little bit on the drinking side, and you did let me down by not allowing me to go uh, race. But ride, I can't. But... I can't get into it with the American beers, man. It doesn't do anything to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should have had the rum that I had because it worked. <laughs> yeah. I just had too much shit going on this weekend. And oh yeah, yeah. For that, and all the UR two. Um, I just had like way too much shit going on this weekend, man. Like between pit bike stuff and other Team Canada stuff, and wanting to hang out with you guys and hang and seeing other people, it was man. I didn't sleep a whole lot though, but I was never hung over any of the days, so it was. That's good. Yeah, it was a bit weird, but I guess we'll wrap it up there. So uh, thanks to everybody for listening to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Thanks to you guys, Newfangaldi, for coming to uh, share your thoughts and your experiences from the, the great weekend of racing that we just had. 
And I guess we'll talk to you guys next weekend, Monday or Tuesday, and we'll get into uh, how Sarnia went. Sounds good, boys. Cheers, fellas. Yep, see you later.